Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there, everybody. It is a Wednesday, 17th day of January 2024. Dan Grasser Show, albeit an abbreviated version. Right up until 7 o'clock, then we got Knicks basketball, the Knicks, and the Rockets over at Madison Square Garden. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We got Joe. We got Harvey. They're producing the program tonight. And you know how we do this, right? You know how we like to do it when we only have the half hour. Rapid fire, two-minute drill, no huddle. Let's get as many calls up as possible on the lines tonight. You want to hook me up on X? Feel free to do so at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. So, yeah, Knicks Rockets tonight at the Garden. Knicks trying to see if they could bounce back, get in the win column after dropping the MLK game to the Orlando Magic in a game that, you know, by all accounts, they probably should have won, right? Let it elude them in the fourth quarter. And now you hear all these rumblings and reports that the Knicks are having talks with several teams to see if they can maybe add to their club and, more importantly, just see if they can bring in some pieces that can help this offense when Jalen Brunson needs to sit down for a couple of minutes and to get some rest. You know, I know the guy plays a lot, but now with Emmanuel quickly playing in Toronto, you know, you kind of saw that flaw expose itself a little bit in that Orlando game on Monday, that if Jalen's got to sit, you don't want to put all that trust in a guy like Deuce McBride just yet. You know, Malachi Flynn, not guys like that just yet. So if they can get a guy who can create off the dribble, create some offense, I think that that's going to benefit this team moving forward. In case you're just joining us, in case you're just starting to pay attention as to what went on today in sports and in the NBA, the Indiana Pacers made themselves a big move today, trading with the Toronto Raptors, picking up Pascal Siakam, a hell of a player. So Indiana now, they're off to a great start. You know how good that offense is. It's as good as any's in the NBA, and now they just got even better. I know it cost them a few draft choices and such, but the Toronto Raptors are in rebuild mode. They're going to build this thing around Scotty Barnes and young players like R.J. Barrett. We'll see what happens with IQ, if they could get his situation straightened out when free agency hits in the summer. But Indiana just became a whole heck of a lot better, and that is a team right now that is even with the Knicks in the Eastern Conference standings. So Bears watching moving forward, and we'll see what the Knicks are going to do between now and and that trade deadline when it comes up here in February. And this is, look, this is a game the Knicks should win tonight. All right? I know that Houston has been an improved team under Ime Yudoka, but they have their flaws, and on the road, they are dreadful. You talk about the haves and the have-nots. Houston's 15-6 and six at home. They're 4-14 four and 14 on the road. This is a game that the Knicks should win tonight. Okay, get back in the win column. Then you finish it off with Washington and Toronto on this homestand. Make it a winning homestand. And on Saturday, it'll be interesting to see what happens when R.J. Barrett and Manuel quickly are back in the garden, making their ballyhood return. Um, sure, there's going to be some excitement for that. We'll see and see how they're going to be received by the crowd more than anything else. But now we get to Wednesday. And we kind of turn that page from... What happened last weekend in the NFL playoff Super Bowl or Super Bowl Super Wild Card weekend? And now you turn the page to divisional playoff weekend coming up here on Saturday and Sunday. And barring anything unforeseen as far as the weather disruptions or anything like that, you're going to get two or four games this weekend, two on each day. 
And it's largely been considered that this is like the best weekend on the NFL calendar. And I'm looking forward to it. How can you not be, right? This is supposed to be the eight best teams in the National Football League, right? Or in the National Football League still standing. These are the teams that, you know, were supposed to be here. But, you know, we had some upsets along the way on Wild Card Weekend, right? I don't know how many people thought necessarily that the Houston Texans would be standing around as one of the last four teams in the um, AFC, Right? How many people thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be one of the last four in the NFC? They played in that miserable division there in the NFC South. But alas, here we are, and this is what we're left with. And as a fan, you know, without really any dog in the fight, like I'm just looking at this weekend in particular as I hope we get some good games. Because last weekend, five out of those six games were really non-competitive. The only game that was actually a game was that Rams-Lions game there on Sunday night. And that was a really, really good football game. But we'll see what's in store this weekend. I think, obviously, the matchup of the weekend is Kansas City and Buffalo, right? They saved the best for last. That's the one that's probably going to have the most eyeballs on it. 6.30 on Sunday from Buffalo. It's probably going to be cold. It's probably going to be freezing. And you got two franchises that, you know, have had their battles in the playoffs. But now the difference is, is that they get this game in Buffalo. And this is what the Bills have been waiting for. You know, they've had their hearts broken how many times having to go into Kansas City and lose to Patrick Mahomes there in his place. And now we finally get to see what Patrick Mahomes and a road playoff game is all about because he's never played one, which is just amazing to me. That you talk about success and prosperity and how good that team has been and how consistently good that they've been. Imagine that. Not only do you go to the playoffs like each and every year, what is this, like the sixth or seventh straight season? that Kansas City is playing in the second round of the playoffs. Which imagine, imagine that as a fan. Right, like we're sitting here in this town. You're a Jet fan. You haven't been to the playoffs in 13 years. Giant fan, all right, you made the playoffs last year. But you know what? You've had a rough go of it over the last decade. It hasn't all been winning, winning, and nothing but winning. But if you're a fan of a team like the Chiefs, you get a couple of Super Bowls, second round of the playoffs for seven years. I mean, like it's, it's, it's remarkable. But now this is the Bills' chance. You know, all we heard all year was that the Bills, their, their championship window is closing, right? This is it. If they don't make the playoffs, they're going to make some changes. You know, Sean McDermott could be gone. You know, how good is Josh Allen really? And all the turnovers. And they could not have scripted this thing any better. For them to have an opportunity to get to a conference championship game, and you're likely going to be going to Baltimore, and we'll have more to say on that and coming up in just a minute here, but everything is lined up for the Bills to win this football game. We'll see if they can get it done. And with that Ravens-Texans game, look, I know the Ravens are the huge favorite. I get it. My Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the season was Baltimore-San Francisco, and they're both going to be playing on Saturday. So you know that that's where my rooting interest lies because you know what? I root to be right. That's what this whole thing should be about. I'm going to look like a genius. But as we get closer and closer to the game on Sunday, like I'm, I'm just, there's, there's something that's coming over me. I don't know if it's illness, but I'm getting this like sneaky suspicion that maybe just maybe the Houston Texans are going to make this thing a little bit more interesting than maybe anybody's given them credit for with that trip to Baltimore on Saturday afternoon. You know, like the old Rocky line. He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight, right? People just expect Texans to roll into Baltimore on Saturday and, all right, go out there and play for four quarters and get their butts whooped by Lamar Jackson and company. 
and then everybody's going to pat them on the back when they're walking off the field and wax poetic about the season they had that, boy, nobody expected this out of Houston, right? And the fact that they are, are, are division champs and the fact that they won a playoff game and they were one of the last four standing in the AFC with a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback, you couldn't have asked for anything more for this Houston team. So even if they go to Baltimore and lose by 50, right, you say to yourself, well, they had a great year regardless. I just think it's going to be a little bit closer than maybe people think. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm, I'm just getting that feeling. And with those NFC games, look, I think Green Bay, San Francisco probably could get ugly. Like, that's the one that I'm actually buying into the mismatch. Because remember, Green Bay's gotten into San Francisco multiple times over the last handful of years in the postseason with Aaron Rodgers. And they got their you-know-what's destroyed. Now you have Jordan Love, who, look, was fantastic last week. I'm not telling you that he wasn't, and he's been very, very good down the stretch of this season. But this is a different assignment. This Niners team is as good as any in the National Football League. They've been waiting for this opportunity almost for 12 months, ever since their Super Bowl dreams last year were dashed in the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia because they lost every single quarterback that they had on their roster, basically. And you're not going to have a chance to win, right? Happened to the Niners in one afternoon. Happened to the Jets over the course of... (laughs) Well, you know, all season, shuttling four guys in and out of the lineup, it seemed like. But this is a tough one, I think, for Green Bay. And with the Lions and the Buccaneers kicking things off on Sunday, I mean, for how many seasons, if you're old enough to remember, how many years was that just like the, the game on the schedule on whatever Sunday that they were playing that you just kind of like glanced over? That they allotted maybe like a couple of minutes at the very end of the highlight package, just telling you, oh, by the way, yeah, the Bucks played the Lions, because they were two afterthoughts. And they were forever and ever. And now this is a trip to the NFC Championship game on the line. The Detroit Lions, who have two playoff wins in 60 years or whatever it's been, right? Now they're a win away from the championship game. And they got a second home playoff game. It's phenomenal. So that's the one probably, if you're asking me out of the four, that at least in my opinion... Like the the interest level, like the Tampa Bay-Detroit game is probably the one that's bringing up the rear for me. Look, I'm going to be locked into every single game, no matter what. But if you ask me to rank them, I would probably say Tampa Bay-Detroit is the one that I, if I had to, you know, kick one out, that would be the game. But hopefully we get ourselves a lot better as far as competition goes compared to what we saw last week on Super Wild Card Weekend. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. But the other big story with the NFL in this offseason, as it's not even the offseason, the offseason for some teams, but not for everybody, is the coaching carousel. Because you got seven vacancies right now. And you got some big-name coaches that are there to be had. It is the all-star. It is the who's who of coaching candidates in this NFL hiring cycle. Mike Tomlin's not going to be a part of it. He's sticking around Pittsburgh. But you could have a couple of other guys enter the fray. We don't know what's going to happen in Dallas. We don't know what's going to happen in Philadelphia. But we know that Bill Belichick is interviewing. We know that Jim Harbaugh is interviewing. And the Falcons at this point, by the way, they're just like showing off. You know, one night they tweet, hey, we interviewed Bill Belichick. Next night they tweet, hey, we interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Who they interviewed today? Bill Parcells? What do you think? They're going to pull that rabbit out of their hat? What is this one going to be? Well, we'll see where everybody lands here. And then you have the situation with the Giants. Jets, we know we're running it back. They're not going to make any changes at the top. But the Giants, who aren't going to make any changes at head coach, but they've had other changes with some of Brian Dayball's assistants, right? Wink Martindale, gone. 
Thomas McGahee, special teams coordinator, gone. Mike Kafka's had a couple of interviews already for head coaching jobs. I don't know if he's going to be st- – I would be surprised if Mike Kafka gets a head coaching job, at least this offseason. Not to say it won't happen in the future, but now it's probably a little bit of a surprise. So he'll probably be back. But a lot has been written already here over the last few days about Brian Dayball, his relationship with some of these assistant coaches, i.e. Wink Martindale, his demeanor on the sidelines. You know, some of these publications have gone so far as to describe him as like a tyrant on the sidelines. The bottom line and the reality what all this is, is that when you don't win, and the Giants didn't win this past year, these type of things are going to be said. These type of things are going to be reported. More importantly, not, not questioning whether or not they happened or not. I'm not questioning the validity of the reporting or anything like that because I, I, I certainly believe what's being written. But this stuff gets leaked when you don't win. And that's how we all learn about it, right? Because you didn't hear about any of this stuff last year with the Giants when Brian Dayball was the coach of the year. When they made the playoffs, when they won a playoff game. We didn't hear anything, you know, bad happening behind the scenes and the coach's demeanor and all these other things. It's only when you don't win. And the Giants had a miserable season. So, of course, this stuff is going to come to light. And you've already had staff changes. So, you obviously know that the head coach wasn't too happy about some of the guys that were supposedly working for him. And the situation involving Wink Martindale and the fallout from that The only thing that I say about it, and I don't know this to be true or not, none of us do, and it's going to play itself out over time, but I'm curious to see moving forward, this stuff with the Giants and Brian Dable, is that going to have any impact whatsoever when it comes to other coaches, whether they're experienced coaches in the NFL or just upstarts or whatever, guys who are self-respect or have some respect around the league? Is it going to question those guys maybe looking at the Giants and say, that's a place I want to work? I want to work for that head coach. Or all these stories and all these reports coming out, is that going to maybe sway some coaches who have options someplace else? That's what bears watching, in my opinion, as far as I'm concerned. And look, I think everybody has a hand to blame in this. It's not just the head coach. You know, Wink Martindale, he up and left. But you know what? Wink Martindale, he certainly has some of the blame, too. His defense did not perform as well as you would have liked. You know, there was a lot of weeks there where the Giants were scuffling about on offense and they were trying to figure this thing out. And you know what? The defense could have done their part, but they were still ranked in the bottom, what, five or six in total defense in the National Football League this year. And some of these things that you're, you know, reading about in these reports, you could say that in a way he was almost insubordinate. With some of these things, like taking matters out of the head coach's hands, acting out before running it by the head coach, the general manager, and then he up and left. Right? And Brian Dable fired a couple of his trusted assistants there on the defensive side. He didn't like it, and he up and left. So you know what? He's gone. And when you don't perform, all this stuff comes to a head. Right? That's the only reason it happens. I've said this throughout the season. When the Giants were scuffling about when the Jets were scuffling about, you notice when you look around the league, some of these programs that are known for winning and have your reputation for knowing what the hell is going on and what it means to be a successful franchise, you don't hear any drama coming out of those programs, do you? You don't really hear a hell of a lot of coming out of Baltimore in the negative sense, right? 
Last couple of weeks, what are they doing? Ah, they're just getting ready for a second-round playoff game at home as the one seed. You hear any drama and stuff coming out of San Francisco with the 49ers? Not really. Not really. You know why? Because the winning takes care of all that stuff. Just like it did last year for the Giants. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is the ESPN New York Superbox Bonanza 5. We're giving away our over $10,000 in cash and prizes. All qualifiers are going to get a $25 Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of 10 Superbox prizes. Get your box for the big game by listening mornings to Rick and Dave and afternoons to Barton Hahn and the Michael K. Show. This year's big game payouts are as follows. $500 in the first and third quarters, $1,000 at halftime, and a final score payout of two thousand dollars it's all brought to you by tell do irish whiskey and the brand new tell do honey so for full contest details go to superboxbonanza.com dan gross's show we take it right up until the top of the hour an abbreviated one tonight then we got nick's basketball nick's and the houston rockets but let's get as many calls in here as we possibly can start off with chris and beth page up first here on 98.7 hello christopher how are you 
Very good, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, listen, I'm a big Giant fan, and um, I agree with some of the points you were making there. Uh, I really like Coach Dable. I'm a big believer in the guy. And I think, more importantly, the players are. They were 2-8 and eight at one point. Yeah. And they really they could have just gone south at any point. But he really kept them together. And I think, I know this sounds nuts, but I think he did a better job coaching this year, the end of this year, than he did even last year. I mean, they could have beat the Rams, who were playing great. Um, you know, if not for that little thing that Tyrod Taylor missed to uh, Saquon. Um, they beat the Packers, who were playing good football. I mean, with, with Tommy DeVito as a quarterback. Um, they blew out the Eagles. I don't care what anyone says. The Eagles needed that game to try to get the second, you know, place. So they were playing. They were putting out their best effort. And the Giants dominated that game. That game was as that Giant game was as good as what Tampa did to the Eagles. So I'm just saying that showed me a lot about Coach Dable. And I just want to flip it also to Wink Martindale. You know, I liked him for a while. I got to say, but when you dig deep into it, they finished 27th in overall defense. They gave up right. 365 yards a game. Okay, and what I'm reading a lot, too, is he didn't really utilize Thibodeau's uh, potential. He had him more as, like, almost a decoy for rushing so he could blitz his, uh, you know, his safeties and stuff. That's what he likes to do. And so I'm just saying, I'm kind of – I don't think anyone's going to be fearful of coming to uh, coach with Coach Dable at all. I think – and I think maybe he's learned a lesson from it, too. And, by the way, I'll go back to this. Remember Tom Coughlin after the mm-hmm. 2006 season? They had sure. three good years with him, two good years. And then the players kind of went to him and said, listen, Tom, there's five minutes before and you're late. You know, Strahan and them said, you know, we can't live by these rules anymore. It's a little bit too stringent. And guess what? Coughlin got it. He said, he goes, okay. And he kind of eased up on them a little bit. And they and went they, all and, on the Super Bowl in 2007. Yeah. And they had immediate results. You're right. Chris, thanks a lot for the phone call. Look, I, I, I am still, and even when, when, you, when they were 2-8 and eight this season, and everybody wanted to run him out of town, and people were wondering, boy, uh, is, is Brian Dable going to be the next, um, why am I, Ben McAdoo. Is that what they're going to have on their hands? Guy makes playoffs in his first season, and everything is going to go south after that? No. You got to give a head coach time. You got to let him put his stamp on a program. And guess what? You might think, well, two years is enough time. It still really isn't. You got to see this thing through. Okay, look at how many changes they're ready to make to the coaching staff. Well, okay, you could say, well, he hired some of these coaches. Yeah, you're right, he did, but maybe it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And now he gets at least another opportunity to make this thing right. You hired a guy, you went through an exhaustive process, first interviews, second interviews, third interviews, fourth. This is the guy that you turned up with, and you felt that he gave you the best chance to be a winner. Got to give him a chance. It's not going to happen overnight. Remember, the Giants in 2022, they jumped way ahead of the curve. And that's why, in a way, it was almost a detriment to what they did that first year, making the playoffs, because I think it set people up for a little bit of a false sense of euphoria in year number two and just magnified the struggles that they had this past season. They probably shouldn't have been a playoff team that first year. Not when you're talking about rebuilding. Last year was reality setting in. Now how do you bounce back in year number three? That's going to be the interesting part. And there is still work to be done, by the way. Terrence in Jersey up next here on 98.7. Hello, Terrence. How are you? Hey, Dan. I'm decent. 
Thanks for just, taking my call. So I'm calling. Just decent? Yep. That's all, Terrence? You're not better very than decent? decent? Come on. Well, I'm going to explain to you why. So I've seen some very troubling mock drafts that have the Giants taking a wider receiver or an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason that's trouble is because their issues on the offensive line are so glaring that I think your first pick has to be the best offensive tackle on the board. You put him at right tackle. You move Evan Neal into guard. And maybe, you know, in the fourth to sixth rounds, you try and go get a left guard to get some depth there. And I think that what the Giants do this 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 offseason will determine the fate of Brian Dayball and uh, Joe Shane beyond 2025 because I see them as a package deal. I think it's, it's just so glaring. I don't know why they would ever not take an offensive tackle. What's your take on that? Terrence, I agree with you a million percent, seriously. And I thank you for the phone call. And I haven't seen any of the, I, I've only looked at a couple of them. I try not to get caught up in the mocks yet, you know, in the middle of January because we're going to have three months of this stuff. It's way too early. I did not see anything yet for the Giants as far as an edge rusher is concerned. That would surprise me. And selfishly speaking, you know where my team is sitting there at 10? I think the offensive line is the biggest glaring need, period. So I hope every single team ahead of them doesn't pick an offensive lineman because I want one of those two tackles to fall to 10. But the smart money for me is where the Giants are sitting at 6, they got to take themselves a tackle. You have to get that line straightened out. Both teams in this town, they got to fix the offensive lines if you want to have any shot. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. Pat is coming up next with Nick's pregame. We'll be back with you manana, 630, right after TMKS. Thanks to Joe and Harvey. Grass is saying so long.